0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. So what are you wanting to redo? In the movie Spider-Man, no No Way Home, Uh, Peter Parker, his true identity is finally revealed, and he's looking for somewhat of a redo. So he goes to his friend, Dr. Strange, to cast a spell of some sort that would make the whole world, except for a few handful of his friends, about what his true identity truly is. But much like a lot of the things that we want redone in our life, there comes some repercussions with it. The spell goes horribly wrong, and it shatters the multiverse. It unleashes villains all throughout the city, and later on, it unleashes multiple versions of Peter Parker. There's a clip in the movie where three Peter Parkers are together. They're banded together to save the world of all its bad guys, and uh, what they come to realize is that they have a lot more in common than just their names, As a matter of fact, there's areas of their life that they desire to just mask over other than their faces, filled with regrets and things that they want redone in their lives. Peter Parker, in the movie they referred to him as Peter 3, he talks about a moment in his life that he couldn't forgive himself for. A moment where his girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, similar to Peter 1's girlfriend, MJ, falls from atop of a clock tower in the midst of a battle. And Peter 3 is there, but unfortunately he's just a second too late and she hits the ground and she passes. And he said it was that moment that made him rageful. It was that moment that made him bitter. So what's your moment? What's your moment that, that you... Just want to keep behind a mask. What's that moment that made you rageful? What's that moment that made you bitter? Was it that mistake? Was it what was done? Was it that failure? I'm sure we all would want to have one of those buttons in life where you can just press it and it gives us a fresh redo. Or maybe we can just pick up a phone call and call up our good buddy, Dr. Strange, to just make everybody forget about what was said and what was done. But unfortunately, it seems like the things that we want redone in our lives has repercussions, doesn't it? And it seems like our regrets just keep on getting repeated And what we all know is that life doesn't necessarily offer us a redo button. And there's no magical spell that's going to make anyone forget, not even us. But what if, what if there's something better than a redo? I want to introduce you to an individual by the name of Peter. No, his last name is not Parker, but Peter was a friend and follower of Jesus. He's a pillar of the church. And, and what you'll find is maybe you'll have a lot more uh, commonalities with Peter. You see, he was an individual that helped spread the movement of Christianity all throughout the world. And maybe you're, you're wanting to check out right now because you're saying, Jay, i have not anything in common with this man, Peter, because it seems like he's got it all put together. And I'm still trying to pick up the pieces of my life. But perhaps, if you just give me a few moments, as we look at the life of Peter, you'll find that Peter's story is actually you and I's story. You see, Peter's story begins with this. His name wasn't really Peter at first. It was actually Simon. And in Jewish culture, names were significant because it determined and it dictated someone's future. And so for Simon, his name meant to hear Maybe you can relate to that because the things that you've listened to, the things that you've heard has now determined the things that you've done, and the things that you've done can be undone, and now it's become your identity. It wasn't until Peter met Jesus that, that Jesus changed his name to Peter, which means the rock. Now, how successful would you feel having the Son of God himself change your name to the rock? You're foundational now, you're stable, you're strong now, you're better than Dwayne Johnson. I mean, how successful would Peter feel? But the moment where he met Jesus, he wasn't really feeling successful, because one of the first places that Peter had met Jesus was on a boat. You see, Peter was a professional fisherman, and you would think that the thing that he would be most successful in, the thing that he's most unlikely to fail in, would be fishing. But scripture states that Peter had worked all night and caught no fish. Perhaps you can relate to that feeling. Maybe you've worked so hard on this business, but yet the business didn't work. I've worked all night and caught no fish. I've worked so hard at this whole parenting thing. I worked all night and caught no fish. I've worked so hard on this whole relationship thing, and it's still Ended up in heartbreak. I I fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus actually tells the disciples, why don't you cast your nets on the other side? And so they cast their nets on the other side. and, And the Bible says that they caught so much fish that the nets began to break and that the boats began to sink. And so at that moment, if that was me, I would feel like a million bucks. But for Peter, he pushes Jesus away and says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man depart from me Lord because I'm a failure I'm a mistake maker why would Peter respond that way because you can have a boat full of fish and still feel like you've caught nothing because you can mask whatever area of your life with however many things you have and still feel like a failure and Jesus says to Peter He says, wow, why don't you come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And so for three years, Peter is following Jesus. He's climbing up the ranks and Peter was a great spokesperson. You'd want him on your team, but he struggles with the same thing I struggle with at times and perhaps many of us struggle with this, the open mouth insert foot syndrome because Peter just didn't know when to keep his mouth shut. And one specific moment, Jesus is talking to his disciples about what was gonna take place in his life. And, and all of a sudden, Peter pipes up because Jesus is saying, every one of you guys, you're gonna deny me, you're gonna abandon me. And Peter says, I'm not gonna do that. You're not gonna have to worry about me wanting to redo this because I will never do that until Jesus tells him that Peter, you're actually gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. And on the night of his betrayal, Jesus is being accused and beaten and, and Peter's there warming himself next to a charcoal fire and he gets questioned one time. Hey, you sound like the man that had been with Jesus. Is that you? And he denies Jesus once. And then he gets questioned again and he denied Jesus a second time. And then he gets questioned a third time and then he swore like the sailor that he was. No, I don't know him. And, and then the rooster crows It's almost as though when Peter heard that rooster, something converted in Peter. It's almost as though that the rock had hit rock bottom. It's like something inside Peter died and Simon came back to life because that moment actually led him to tell his brothers, I'm going back to the boat. I'm going back fishing where I failed in Before And we're going to pick up this story. The apostle John, their friend, actually records this conversation because Jesus finds them once again, and he responds to them in in such a miraculous fashion. And this is what John says. It says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he, sa- he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you and he said to him feed my sheep. And after saying this he said to him, follow me. Peter had failed himself, and now he'd failed Jesus. He denied Jesus, and how Jesus responds to him is so counterintuitive. Human nature would have a say that I want to distance myself from anyone that would deny me. I, I want to question a person's motive that turned their back on me. But what Jesus says is two powerful words that he says to Peter and he says to you and I, follow me. So what do you do when it seems like failure is constantly in front of you? It feels like you've got so many things that you want to redo in your life that you can't undo. How do you overcome it? There's a principle here I want to share with us, and it's this, that we have to live redeemed. We have to live redeemed. I'm almost certain that 100% of us would desire to move past our past. Would desire to have our past brought, uh, bought from us, would, would desire to, to, to be relieved of the things that we've been holding on to, our hang-ups, our regrets. Uh, I'm almost certain that all of us would desire to believe that failure is not final, that there's future beyond my mistakes. But un- unfortunately, you, you and I, we could relate to the Simon inside of Peter, can't we? Because that Simon hears the crow. That crow reminds us that I failed again as a as as a man, I failed again as a, a spouse, I, I failed again as a as a as a boss, or I came short again as a student. I wanted to do this, but I didn't do this, and now I'm carrying this regret. And it and that crow, it, it leads us to to, to be cowarded, to be converted. And essentially it destroys us, leads us down a path of of ruin. You see, this is due to what biblical authors call sin. See, more than just the assignment inside of us, we have the sin inside of us that literally distances ourselves from God. It denies God. Much like when Peter was face-to-face with Jesus, he said, depart from me. Distance yourself from me, Jesus. I'm a sinful man. I'm a mistake maker. And this sin causes us to live a life of ruin forever. But God... God loved you and I so much that he did not want to spend eternity without us. And so he sends Jesus, his one and only son into the boat of our baggages, the boat of our burdens, the boat of our mistakes, the boat of our regrets, the boat of our forever judgment to redeem us, to buy us back, to bring us in right relationship with God and rescue us from the grips of sin in our lives by dying to defeat death. And so when Jesus came to die, all of our mistakes, our regrets, the things that we'd love to redo, but can't be undone and and our forever judgment, our, our, our payment for our sin heaped upon the life of Jesus and in his death, he defeated death once and for all so that those that will believe in Jesus by faith would be forgiven. But not just that, Jesus rose from the grave, defeating sin, death, and hell so that we can have a new life. Not a redo of the old life, but rather a redeemed life through the power of the resurrection. God's spirit makes us home into our spirit. The spirit that would deny God and distance ourselves from God that leads us down to corruption and destruction, it moves out. And the spirit that redeems us, it dwells inside of us, lives in us, and leads through us so that we can live redeemed so how do we live redeemed i want to give us some complimentary thoughts this weekend and the first is this to live redeemed we have to face our failures we have to face our failures it said simon peter said to them i'm going fishing and they said to him we will go with you they went out got into the boat and that night they caught nothing Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the nets on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Again, sounds a lot, uh, a lot similar to a previous scenario, doesn't it? So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. You, you ever notice that there's some things that the people around you will settle for because you've settled for it? For example, if you want to go to Burger King, for instance, and the people riding when you don't really want to go to Burger King, if they're hungry... They're going to go to Burger King because you're their only ride. Here's Peter. Hey, fellas, I'm going back to fishing. I'm going back to my failure. And here's what they said. We'll go with you. I've only heard this kind of talk before, and this kind of talk only led to brokenness and hurt. This is all I've seen. This is all I've known. I guess I'll settle for it, too. I'll go fishing, too. I guess this addiction is just something that just runs in my family. I guess it's just this mistake is just something that everyone around me just constantly makes. I guess this is just how my life is gonna be. I'll settle for it too. I guess I'll go fishing too. And here's Peter. He goes back to a place where maybe he didn't think that he would fail again in. There's no way I would fail at fishing twice. So he goes in, and again he caught nothing failure upon failure in front of peter how can he even move on from here and all of a sudden there's a voice in the shore that calls him children have you caught any fish they said no until he gives the command once you cast it on the other side i wonder if simon peter heard that voice and and that voice started to cause him to remember where did i hear this voice before where did i hear this command before I remember this voice calling me three years ago out of this failure, out of this mistake, and his friend, John, says to him, it's the Lord, Peter, and that's all Simon Peter needed to hear, and all of a sudden, he throws on some clothes, and he jumps overboard, you see, The only way that you and I could ever live redeemed is by facing our failures. And by facing our failures, I mean, not focusing on our failures, but focusing on the one who's calling us on the shore. Failure is only final if we stay out at sea. But if we desire to face our failures, we have to leave the boat of our baggages behind us. He jumps right in and he kept on swimming. I I wonder what the currents were like that morning. I wonder if they, they kept on splashing in his face. I wonder if it kept dragging him back to the boat he was trying to leave behind. I wonder if there was other voices he was listening to in his head. Hey, Simon Peter, what if you fail again? Stop swimming. Hey, hey, what if he won't forgive you, Simon? Why not you stop swimming? All we know, Was that Simon Peter just put one arm in front of the other and he just kept on swimming. I'm not saying that facing your failures will look pretty. I can assure you there's nothing pretty about a grown man jumping out of a perfectly good boat. I don't think that Simon Peter was concerned at all if his form looked like Michael Phelps that morning. He just wanted to get to shore where Jesus was at. We've gotta be willing to leave the boat behind us, jump overboard, and keep on swimming. I know we're talking about Spider-Man, but you've gotta resurrect the inner Dory from finding Nemo from inside of you, and you just gotta keep on swimming. You gotta face your failures. I'm gonna take another stroke. I'm gonna go to counseling. I'm gonna take another stroke. I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna take another stroke. I'm gonna start a family now. I'm gonna take another stroke. I'm gonna forgive again. I'm gonna love again. I'm gonna find a therapist. I'm gonna find accountability around me. What if the cure for the fear of failure in our lives is not by God dropping us in a sea of success What if the cure for the fear of failure in our lives is small doses of failure so that you and I would become immune to it so that we can continue to face our failures and swim to the shore? We've got to face our failures. Secondly is this. To live redeemed, we have to redefine our failures. In one of the most monumental parts of the movie, it's always the battle scene, There's a big battle between all the bad guys and MJ, Peter one's girlfriend falls from a tower. Kind of resembles what happened to Gwen Stacy. And here's Peter one jumping in, swooping in to save his girlfriend and then boom, the green goblin knocks him out the way. And then Peter three sees what's happening. He goes in and saves MJ. That moment was a moment that rescued MJ. But it was a moment that redefined Peter. The same Peter that allowed Gwen Stacy to slip out of his hands was the same Peter that saved MJ. The way that we live redeemed is having our failures redefined. Going back to John chapter 21, this is what it reads. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it Now there's many references when it comes to scripture in regards to fires. It's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. But there's only two places in scripture, in all of the Bible, that refers to a specific fire, a charcoal fire. You wanna know where those places are? The first place was the charcoal fire that Peter had been warming himself up next to right before he denied Jesus. And the next one is right here, the charcoal fire that Jesus was using to make breakfast for his brothers. One fire meant failure. Another fire meant fish. One fire meant betrayal. Another fire meant breakfast. One fire meant denial. Another fire meant dining with my friends. It's almost as though it was the same word the word just got redefined. Here's Jesus inviting his brothers for breakfast. Hey, come eat with me. Now, I don't know about you, but chances are, if, if I'm not really too keen and, and like you very much, I'm probably not gonna go out to eat with you. Don't judge me, all right? I know you probably are, but don't judge me. And especially, I'm not gonna probably invite you to breakfast, just so that you can ruin the rest of my morning i'm not gonna do that but here's jesus i'm inviting my my brothers for breakfast with me you know the thing about memories is the more senses you engage the more those memories will last and a charcoal fire engages multiple senses i wonder as jesus is frying up the fish if all of a sudden peter hears the crackle And he starts remembering and rehearsing. Oh, I remember that crackle because that crackle was what I heard before the rooster crowed and I denied Jesus. Oh, I remember that smell of that smoke because that was the same smoke that I ended up burning my my bridge in my relationship and I betrayed my friend. But what Peter didn't know was Jesus was about to redefine his failure. He was about to add something on top of it, some fish. For me, I've got some fond memories of charcoal fire. I'm not much of a, a griller. I tend to burn things to a crisp. So if you need someone to burn a perfectly good hamburger, some hot dogs, come holler at your boy. I can do that for you. But it wasn't until I got I got around some people that knew how to work the charcoal. Come on, they knew how to organize the, the charcoal, and they knew just the right amount of heat on that flame. And And once I started tasting what they put on top of it, man, all of a sudden, I got a brand new... Brand new memory. You see where I'm going at here? The person that is in charge of the fire is also the person in charge of the definition. Here's here's Jesus. He's saying, why, "Why don't you? Why don't you give me some of the fish that you caught? Why don't you give me some of the mistakes that you made? Why don't you give me some of the the failures that you've got, Peter? And wait until I put this on this fire." Wait until you see how good redemption feels. Wait until you you taste how good redefining your failures tastes like. The only way our failures will ever be redefined is if we hand our failures to the one whose character doesn't change in definition. It was the same Jesus before Peter denied him, and he's the same Jesus after Peter denied him. It was the same Jesus before Peter turned his back on him, and it was the same Jesus after Peter denied him. And he says the same things. Come, follow me. Maybe there's some charcoal fires in your life that you would want redone and put out, but perhaps God doesn't want to put it out. He just wants to repurpose it. He wants to redeem it. He wants to redefine it, but you've got to hand it to him lastly is this to live redeemed we have to move forward we have to move forward it says when they had finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these he said to him yes lord you know that i love you and he said to him feed my lambs He said to Him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And He said to Him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And He said to Him, tend my sheep. And He said to Him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was so grieved because He had said to Him a third time, do you love me? And He said to Him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to Him, feed my sheep. And after saying this, He said to Him, follow me. Peter had denied Jesus three times and now jesus is questioning peter three times more than questioning peter i don't believe that jesus was there to beat peter over the head over his bad decisions i don't think he was there to belittle him he was trying to get peter to move on move forward peter i want to redeem your denials Your your failure was never meant for you to live in, Peter. It was meant for you to learn from. You can allow your failure, Peter, to be a prison cell of regrets, or you can make it a platform for my redemption. Move on, move forward. Interestingly enough, every time Peter was questioned, Jesus would refer to him as Simon. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is all-knowing, he should have known this. Didn't he know that every time he referred to Peter as Simon, it was because Peter had made a mistake? It's because he spoke out of turn, it's because he failed? If I was Jesus, I've got nothing to say to Simon. I wanna talk to Peter. I wanna talk to to my friend who's strong. I wanna talk to my courageous friend, the one I can stand on, the one one that's the rock. I wanna talk to to that guy. But it's almost as though Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, Peter, I need you to move aside because I've got something to say to Simon. And every time he, he spoke to Simon, he gave him an assignment. Go take care of my lambs. Go feed my sheep. Come follow me. He was trying to get him to move forward. Why? Because failure is not your identity. It's an event. And, and here's Peter. And here's Jesus, and and, and he's saying, I, I need you to move forward because I've got an assignment for your Simon. And I believe this weekend God sees and is speaking to the Simon inside all of us right now. And he's saying, you've got to move forward. Follow me because your greatest misery is what god will use as your greatest ministry who's to say who's to say that god doesn't bring you back to that place of pain and you see an individual who's hurt and who's lost and you and you see that person found themselves in the place that you found yourself before and all of a sudden here's what god says feed my sheep and you you get to show them your scars and say, hey, look at my scars. I'm showing you my scars, not to not to show you that I've never been hurt, but rather to show you that God has the ability to still heal. Or maybe he takes you to that person that, that's lost similar things that you've lost and say, hey, God is saying to me, take care of my sheep. Let me tell you this, just because you're grieving doesn't mean God's not good still. Just because just because you're, you're hurting doesn't mean that you can't be hopeful. L- let me show you what God can do. Come follow me because the purpose of our redemption is for others to experience redemption as well. We've got to move forward. We've got to put an assignment on our assignments. Maybe you're here this weekend and perhaps you feel like you're stuck. You can't move forward. You see, the only way to move forward is by following Jesus. And if you've never made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, would you make that your response today? Say, Jesus, I'm turning away from the life that denies you, that distances myself from you, and I want to receive your your free forgiveness, and I want your spirit to lead me and live through me in my redeemed life. Maybe you've, you've made a decision to follow Jesus before, but you went back to the boat. That same invitation that Jesus gives to Peter, he gives to you, follow me. And maybe this weekend, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. And so if you're saying yes to Jesus today, there's gonna be a QR code that we're gonna put on the screen right now. Take out your camera phone, scan that QR code, fill out that application, fill out that form, because we wanna follow up with you and we wanna celebrate your new life. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, let me ask you this, what failure is God wanting you to face? so that you can, you can hand that failure to him so he can redefine it. Who's someone in your life right now that is in need of redemption? And God is saying, I want you to share yours with them. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that you are the same God then as you are now, that you're the same God that can bring about a future in the midst of our failure, that God, there is purpose beyond our pain. And I thank you right now that you're a God that redeems. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name.